This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, but first listen to this other fine OPI show. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, Aston Martin starts production of some real Goldfinger DB5s, plus another one of our famous lists. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Welcome to the star-studded 100th episode of Rick and Dave's Minutia Man. Tonight, the boys welcome movie star and all-around nice guy, Tom Hanks. His first grade teacher, Mrs. Nose Funk. Former president of the United States, Barack Obama. Obama's pet dog, Bo, the head of the Roman Catholic Church worldwide, Pope Francis's favorite pair of red shoes, and the disco-dancing gold jumpsuit magic of the Rick and Dave dancers. And now, live from the glittering ballroom, uh, that is, dining room of house in Mount Prospect. Let's hear it for the funniest two guys in that room. Unless Rick's dog Ivy stops by, Minutia Men, Rick and Dave. Here we are. Yeah. You know, I know that the beginning of that promo said 100th episode, yeah. but it's actually our 200th episode, and I would have played for you. A new, right, a new the, jingle, and a, uh, no one made one for us. No. Yeah. No, um, and... You know, last week we anticipated maybe a parade of yeah. some kind, some sort of uh, giant yeah. gesture, gift of some kind. Maybe a fruit basket, and it didn't even yeah. have to be the the good fruit. Right. I mean, didn't even a have. box of Frangos. Yeah, maybe. Not, right. I mean, Could, you know, even a knockoff, like Fringos would have been fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hydrox cookies <laughs> instead of Oreos <laughs> would have been fine. Right. A Kirkland brand oatmeal <laughs> would have been okay. But we, what, Rick, what have we gotten for our 200th anniversary? I have so. a speech. Yeah. I wrote a speech that yeah. I was going to give to the crowd yeah. that assembled in front of my house. And, and well, Don't do it. I'm telling you, Rick, don't give them the satisfaction. In the garbage. Yeah. You know, I just want to say there are a lot of networks wanting a Rick and Dave show. All right. And, you know, I don't, as far as I know, we don't have a signed contract. Name one. Name name one of these networks you speak uh, of. The yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we Podcast. Should. Uh, yeah. Patriot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Family Hour. Yeah. Network? Right. No, I don't think. I don't think so. All right. So, but anyway, no, I yeah. would like to, I would like to say to you, Rick, in a rare moment of. Yeah. Of honesty and self-reflection. I've enjoyed doing these last 200 shows. Oh, you. wait. That's well of you right. to say that. I'm not a big fan of me driving to Mount Prospect <laughs> back and forth to every show. Uh, again, your technical mishaps are kind of aggravating every once and again. Uh, right. You got anything else you want to get uh, off your chest? Maybe a little condescending at times okay. over the when we're on the phone. Yeah. going uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Like if I pitch an idea, don't go, eh. When yeah. I'm not, when you don't yeah. think it's good enough. Uh, anything else? You just, I mean, get it all out. Get it all out. A, a nicer selection of tea would be nice when I get here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Making uh, mental notes. Okay. Yeah. Anything uh, else? Your mom hasn't brought a 
platter of food while we've been doing it at your house. Yeah. So. All right. I think some of these things could be taken in consideration for our next 200. All right. Now can I go? Uh, we've got a great show coming up. Because <laughs> here's what I want to say. Uh-huh, All right. You ready? Uh-huh. Here's my, comp- my only complaint with you. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I could love you more. <laughs> I'm yeah. giving you all, you know, I, I, my, my complaint is there are no complaints. You're perfect <laughs> right. in every way. You are so punctual. I, I just think that you are efficient. Yeah. Thank you. You are punctual. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you are relatively clean. <laughs> eh, um, I have to tell you, COVID I haven't had my best work <laughs> the cleanly, in the cleanliness department. Uh, well, and, and likewise, I can't wait for COVID to be done when we don't have to be six feet apart anymore. And we can do we can have our pre-show hug. That was oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bring back the hug. Bring back the hug. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember. I think we were filling in. It was when we were in LS mm-hmm. and we were filling in. And we were walking to the studio from the little room that we were. Yeah. And I gave you a big hug. I, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, that did not help. That did not help. Really set you on a, the right foot going into the, yeah. into the show. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, this is the, the greatest thing about COVID is the... the, the no hugs. The hug is There's gone. not even a, a thought. And you know what? The hug may never come back. Oh, anymore. that'd be fine. You know what? And... The whole shaking of the hands thing, I wasn't a big fan of. You know, I, I was. I used to shake hands with my grandmother, yeah. you know, because we didn't hug. Right. Um, you know, and shaking hands is a German thing, but I don't miss it at all. No, no. Don't miss it at all. I don't think I was a very good handshaker. I mean, I was, because you want to be firm, but not too over aggressive. Yeah. And I never. Yeah, went. I'm a sweaty palmer, too. Yeah. You know, that's never, uh, never. Yeah. You, you think people get that look in your their face like, ooh, yeah. Um, what what will happen when COVID comes back or when COVID is done and the handshake does come back? I'm going to be a limp hand, handshake guy. Are you? Yeah. yeah just, just stick your fingers out there like <laughs> yeah, a, like a woman waiting to have your hand yeah. kissed. Yeah, I'm, I, that that's the technique I'm going to have. Okay. Well, e- even though the network hasn't necessarily uh, done anything in the way of hoopla, we do have a great show. Today. Well. You know, we're doing it on our own, yeah. but uh, we've got it. We are bringing the goods, and let's get right to it. Here we go. Minutia time. This week's Minutia with Rick and Dave. You know, Rick, I'm getting a little sick of these liberals and their cancer culture. Cancel culture, okay? And the cancer culture, too. Yes. Uh, and especially when it comes to these so-called offensive mascots. Okay. Okay, right? Yeah. Like the Redskins. Yeah, okay, that's uh, th- that's a little <laughs> offensive. And the and the and the Indians with the chief the, yeah. the, the red face chief with the with the big smile <laughs> yeah, the, right. the teeth. Okay, one. that's yeah. that's okay. But I think we're getting a little carried away and I think the story is gonna pretty much belie that sensibility. Okay. Utah school drops cougars as a team name because it might offend women. Oh, I get uh, it. Right. Oh. Corner Canyon High School hasn't even opened up yet, and it's already facing controversy. The school, scheduled to open next year, had their mascot chosen. Uh-huh. They probably bought the big cougar suit. Yeah. You know, the big fluffy suit. Sure. You know, they had plastic cups printed, probably, uh-huh. you know, pins and whatever. Not so fast because the school board decided, you know, cougars oh, may on. be a little offensive to older women. Come right? on. Um, and as pointed out on TV shows like Courtney Cox's cougar town and third yeah yeah whatever whatever, blah 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 so they are changing their mascot and now it's to the chargers oh i thought they were gonna go with milfs (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, that, that would have been better. It would have been better. <laughs> right. A lot less. I mean, because that's positive. Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, um, and I teach at a university where the mascot is the Spartans. Oh. Does people from Sparta, is that okay for us to be Spartans? Well, I think if, if you really want to go through it, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of them need to be replaced. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, th- sometimes names change meaning. Like, even animals, like coyotes, coyotes, you know, that's, you know, there's the Phoenix coyotes, it's a hockey team. Sure, it's an animal, coyote, but also coyotes are what they call the people that smuggle Mexicans across the border, right? So, that could be offensive. Right, sure. To, you know, Mexicans or, you know, really to anybody. Uh, Trojans. (laughs) It might be time, right? Bust the Trojans. It might might be time to, and then, you know. There's the uh, that uh, animal, the uh, the one that uh, is lives in water and creates dams. Um, what's that <laughs> called? The uh, the platypus? No, um, but it looks a little bit like that. Um, I, yeah, whatever. That one can be put away. Right, too. Of course, uh, you know. So I was thinking with the cougars. Yeah, if they did go ahead and keep it, they would have to have cheers, right? Yes, I got a couple uh, cheers that oh, the cougars okay, get. Right? Good. Can you put on your cheerleader outfit while you do this? <laughs> right, because we can't hug, right? Uh, all right, here's a couple cheers that I came up with. I'm your Barbie, you're my Ken, but let me take my estrogen. Oh, not bad. Okay. Uh, hey, look, we're wearing sashes. Don't mind us. We've got hot flashes. <laughs> Again, this is for the cougars. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Hey, hey, what do you say? Ever had a divorcee? <laughs> Not bad. Okay. And I got one more, but I don't think this one is good. After tonight, you'll need some gauze. That's because we're in menopause. <laughs> Those are all good. Okay. The, I, you know, menopause, there's not a lot that rhymes with that. Yeah. So gauze and yeah. I pretty much, as soon as I found a word that rhymed, okay, that's good enough. Here we go with it. <laughs> kind of like, you know, uh, the, the uh, Abraham Lincoln poem. Yes. On his name, he was called called bald. And we are yeah. sure he was not bald. Right. And that one in particular, <laughs> you, you started going through the alphabet. B. Uh, bald. Oh, that works. <laughs> All right. I have a uh, story for you. Yeah. This is uh, about a uh, 15-year-old boy named Ben Simpson. And throughout his entire life, he has only eaten one thing. Sausage. All right. His limitary. You could do worse. <laughs> well, I'm going to say I'm not far off on this. <laughs> right. His limited, his limited dietary preferences began when his mother, Wendy Hughes, began weaning him off breast milk. So this really right. from the very right. beginning. Uh, soon his pickiness gave way to several years of consuming only breakfast style sausages and drinking only water. So it's just three the, times a it's day. It's not even a Thuringer. It's like the Jimmy Dean's little. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. So breakfast style sausages and water three times a day. Uh, Mrs. Hughes, uh, 55 years old, uh, told, Cougar. The, uh, told the newspaper that she was <laughs> at, her, at her wit's end by the time she called David Kilmurray, who is a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist. And uh, he believes that this boy has a clinical condition called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Yeah. And he did cure uh-huh. the kid of it. But I, the reason I bring this story up is Did, not not just because I love sausage. But didn't Tommy have? Didn't you? Well, this is what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to. I, I think I think every parent can sympathize with this. Yeah, the, every parent has the picky eater kid, yeah, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Um, my my son Tommy wouldn't eat anything except for pasta. So uh, we and no sauce. 
It had to be just noodles. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go to people's houses because when it was time to, to feed us, right. he wouldn't eat. It was just embarrassing. All, was it you know. butter on the pasta too or just? Butter was fine. Okay. That was it. Okay. Right. Sometimes if you sprinkle a little bit of uh, like Parmesan cheese. You get a pass. You could get it. So for like the 200th show celebration <laughs> buffet, he would have the little Parmesan cheese. He only ate white food. It had to be white. <laughs> and so anyway, I mean, he wouldn't eat hamburgers. He wouldn't eat hot dogs. We couldn't go to barbecues or anything. We couldn't go to restaurants. Then I discovered something quite important and this is a tip for all your parents out there uh with picky eater kids you don't necessarily need to go to a behavioral cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist you want to know what i what i discovered uh shut up and fucking eat it no no that's what my mother discovered (laughs) (laughs) i discovered performance food now this is it, it, it happened innocently in Greek town. We were there, and all of a sudden, they lit the Saganaki yeah, on yeah, fire. Yeah. Oppa! And he was like, oh, I'll have some of that. Oh, really? And then we went to Benihana. Oh, my God. Chip, 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 <laughs> flipping the things in the air, you know, catching the shrimp in his hat. <laughs> yeah. Then he started eating shrimp, and it worked. Really? It, it, that's my tip. Uh, he began to eat other things, and, and he eats all sorts of different things now. He eats shrimp. He eats, okay. you know. Right. But does it have but to have originated? Well, a... I mean, hamburgers. He's now he eats hamburgers. But it started because I would be like flipping it, you know, cool on the on the grill and stuff. It you know took a little extra. <laughs> dinner was a Broadway show. It took a little bit of extra work, but it, it did work. That's a good dad to yeah. go through that effort. But he still won't eat sausage. Oh well. So he's the exact opposite of this. You know, when Lila was really little, uh, she wouldn't eat vegetable i mean it was, you know it's a typical thing with kids right yeah. um and we wanted to get her to eat broccoli so what i did that's kind of smart i think yeah uh i she had you know, when they were kids little kids we had 57 million stickers in our house oh, so did we you know i still <laughs> i'm still in a junk drawer saying yeah. okay there's this is a cartoon character that i don't even know yeah. what it is anymore exactly. right some princess i know <laughs> right so i found some dora stickers you know dora there's sure one. of course and i put a dora sticker on the broccoli i go look lila it's dora broccoli oh. uh, a little branding a little and uh, that, that worked that did work it did work so it some tip. These are yeah, free tips, exactly. ladies and gentlemen. Right. Right. You come here looking for some minutia, but you're going to get much more than that. Yeah, I would go with my sticker rather than the Broadway <laughs> show, but either one. Uh, uh, yeah, it kept me in shape for a few years. Right. God, Rick looks great. What is he doing? Oh, you should have seen what he did with that lasagna yesterday. Um, hey, not only is this our 200 show, Rick. Yeah. This is also the sixth anniversary of the network. Yeah, I know. We have been congratulating them on that. Uh uh, and I would like to highlight one of the shows that I've been listening to. Yeah. I'm not a huge wine drinker. Well, you are, aren't you? I'm a huge drinker. <laughs> uh, well, The Winemakers is a show that comes out every Friday, and it's a podcast from, they're kind of fancy. It's a Californian Sonoma, yeah. you know, where mm-hmm. all the little wine, where the winos are, yeah, right? Sure. Um, and it features a bunch of experts, Brian Casey, Sam Katuri. Bart Hansen and John Myers. And what they do is they talk about wine, but they take the stuff, the stuffiness out of wine every Friday. Well, that's uh, definitely worth listening yeah, to. So I check it out. You know what else is worth listening to mm. this time now for studio walls and the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. 
So what is Studio Walls? Well, Dave and I have been writing, publishing, broadcasting stuff for many, many years. And we have thousands of fun things from our archives that we'd like to share. We're going to be doing it on our website, Eckhart's Press. Right, Dave? The ball is, is rolling. It is close. The ball uh, is rolling. Right. My, I don't know if you could see this because we're six feet <laughs> apart, but my thumb and my other, that, what is that, my pointer finger? Uh-huh. It's like a quarter of an inch away. We are uh-huh. this close to okay. getting it done. Uh, well, anyway, if, if it ever gets up there, it's going to have audio, songs, columns, interviews, written pieces, excerpts, etc. Um, things that we published, books we published, videos, more. Uh, and th- and each week we're going to pick stuff that happened, you know, in our calendar. Because we like uh, talking about ourselves. This week in Rick and Dave. Uh, uh, so this week in Rick and Dave, what have you chosen? Well, yesterday was Be Bold and Be Free Day. Oh, oh I have a, I have a uh, jingle for this. You ready? Yeah. This is Dave's Spotlight on Bald Contributions. Time now for Balds in the News. What up, Baldy? With Rick and Dave. <laughs> you know, you had me until they went up. Uh, so yesterday, October, and every October, it's like, I don't know if it's the... It's the 14th. It's all, yeah. Is it always the 14th? I think it's always the 14th. Um, is, like I said, Be Bald and Be Free Day. And for a while, as the author of The Balding Handbook, I don't want to brag, but I was a bit of an expert for bald, a while. For those of you who haven't heard, The Balding Handbook, The Five Stages of Grieving for Your Hair Loss. Right. Available in Eckhart's Press. So it came out, what, seven years ago, eight years ago? Something I don't like know, that, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Um, and I did the the radio circuit and you know sure. as everybody does yep. i you know did that man cow show yeah. <laughs> went really well oh boy <laughs> uh, but so i would and 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 once you do a couple of these all these other radio producers gonna go oh, right well, look get him on yeah. uh, you know that's nine minutes i don't have to think about right and i started getting you know i was pretty active on social media and the guy that wrote for playboy magazine did a piece on it no, oh, really? he wasn't working for Playboy anymore, but he was like a fairly. Anyways, long story short, I started getting all these people contacting me. Hey, can you get on our show? Whatever. During the Balding Hamburg. So I got a uh, email from a radio station in Delaware. OK. OK. It says, hey, you know, can you come on tomorrow morning? I'm like, sure. I don't like it's got to be, you know, a wacky morning show. I'll do the, you know, sure. the shtick, whatever. So I get on the show and they're talking to me and the host. It was a I don't know her name. I don't remember. Very nice lady. And she asked the first question. So tell me about your journey. You know, oh. yeah. Now, hold on. Now, at first, I'm like, oh, she gets it. She, you okay. know, this is the, uh, she knows exactly what this uh-huh. is. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. She was really playing the part. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I started talking about, oh, you know, the first time I noticed I was bald, I was at a 7-Eleven. <laughs> you know, I was looking at the short circuit TV behind the counter and I saw that there was a bald guy that was wearing the shirt that I was wearing. And I had a big bald spot and I slowly put my hand up there and it, I turned out it was me and blah, blah, blah. And then she's listening. She's going, mm-hmm. OK, OK, um. So how is how is that how has that shaped you? And then I started to realize, oh boy, she never read the book. Yeah. I mean, she probably didn't even see the cover of the book. It's me, you know, stooping over a grave that says hair on it. Right. And I had eight minutes left because you know it's like nine minutes or whatever. And I did this interview. She just didn't have any idea that this was parody or oh, satire. Oh my god. And and I, you know, she would and she would mention like 
f- grief phrases and stuff like <laughs> oh my you god know, like you know um you know cognitive what kind of cognitive dissonance did you have yeah. as you were you know i'm like i really i was looking to do some jokes about comb over yeah right exactly that's chapter three right the frontal tough fluff up in the three quarter fold over i'm not really changing religion so that i can wear cooler hats right it's not real right during anger and rage i'm really not going to europe and tipping the graves of my bald ancestors you know it's all kind of shtick sweetie i don't sit home writing ee cummings poems right so but i just remember that eight minutes and thankfully it was delaware and then afterwards i look i'm like what radio station was and it was the npr affiliate okay i I, this happened to me this happened uh, to me so i when severance first came out mm -hmm. which is my first novel um it was about the media business Mm -hmm. right so it was the one thing i hadn't thought about is a book that skewers the media business (laughs) is not going to be <laughs> You're not going to get booked on a lot of shows. So, like, if I produced a movie that was really anti-Semitic, would 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 we be able to get it uh, produced? No, I no. It just, I just wasn't thinking it. It wasn't until I started doing the media tour. I'm like, oh crap, no one is going to have me on. <laughs> Um, but then there was a station in uh, in Madison. Um, it was the NPR station in Madison, Wisconsin. And that's a super liberal yeah, place. And they, they call me up. And, yeah. And the first question was, so tell me about your book. Mm-hmm. All right. So I did, you know, and, and my book is also, it's a satire right. about the broadcasting. Business. You had your 45 second elevator pitch. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to do it now, but because right. I don't have it memorized anymore. But I, I did that same thing. And then I realized that she had nothing left. No questions <laughs> after that. Because she didn't know anything about the media. And I knew that it was going to be me educating her. And and then she said, all right, we've got him for the rest of the hour. And it was like eight minutes after the hour. I was like, oh, my God. I, I can't do it. I don't have enough. I haven't. I, I, I could read you the book in that time. Um, were you at the studio? Were you, were you, did I you? was on the phone. Thank okay. God. Uh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, here's a little tip, kids. Yeah. If you're doing a radio show, at least read the synopsis on the back of the book. <laughs> exactly. All right. Oh, we do have one more studio waltz thing. I want to save it for the uh, after the break. Okay. Can, can we do that? Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, first thing we got to do here in this break uh, is tell you who is on the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview this week. And here is that information. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we interview a comedian four decades in the making. And Rick, get the dump button ready. Because Larry Reeb is a little blue. A little politically incorrect, too. But it's comedy. It's comedy. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. If you missed the Los Ano or La, Los, Los Ano and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Rokan. Do you like to talk about <laughs> politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is I'm, I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like uh, discussing it from that left-right paradigm the way that, that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the, either, you know, the hosts are either, you know, very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. 
And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple things that worry me about the future. This is, I'm getting to be an old man, because it's like, all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have Armenian girls having sex with black guys. You know, I was like, what? (laughs) What are they talking about? I don't know. And this is not against, you know, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy, because I, I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides, and I decide who's, who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and no. most of the right stuff doesn't make any right. sense to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels. They're no, entertainment no, no. channels. Oh, and it's all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the label news on it and present it like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking points. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news. Yeah. And I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know. You I think know. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Glenn yeah. is a showman. I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of it. Right, right. I think Rush truly believes what he says it. Really? I do. I yeah. always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it. Mm. And he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing yeah. it. And he could do it without calls. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's what I'm very saying. few guys can do that. Right. There's everybody in conservative talk radio has a first and last name. That's just like the same thing. Hugh Hewitt. <laughs> and uh, like Lou Lewis. And there's guys I mean literally there are guys that yeah. you know, Tom Thompson. It's like really? <laughs> you think we're that stupid that we can't remember your name? Did you have to name it yourself twice? <laughs> Asshole. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lausano and Friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called. And we're back. You know, Rick, I think I saw someone in your backyard. I think, huh? Really? I think that I think it's a band leader. <laughs> I, you know what? I think there is a... No, they're not coming. They're not coming. We're not We got nothing. All right. So, uh, we were talking about the Rick and Dave Arcade. So, this, is, this goes back to October 14th, 2003. 2003, Dave, what happened on October 14th, 2003? Uh, oh, that was a great day. That was when the Cubs... The Bartman game, right? It was yeah. the Bartman yeah. game. And our good friend, Dane Placco... Um, was there covering it for channel 32 in chicago and he told that story on video for my website just one bad century we put it up my on website our website our uh, website yes uh, our website uh, and our company yeah, it's true uh, um but uh, i do 100 percent of the uh, information that is on that one what's the, but anyway what's the url again <laughs> uh i got dane to do a video telling that story uh-huh. which was on the internet and people saw it including the guy who did a documentary called um, Catching Hell. Do you remember this yeah. was an ESPN documentary? Yeah, it was like it was like it was like it was huge. Was huge. It was about Bartman mm-hmm. and it was about Bill Buckner and, and and how those two stories were similar and how their whole lives had been destroyed based on one bad moment. And this is the video that uh, they saw that inspired them to do that ESPN mm-hmm. special. Here we go. 
So everybody knows the story of game six of the National League Championship Series at Wrigley Field. The Bartman game, as it's commonly called. Well, here's my take on it. I was there covering it as a reporter for one of the local news stations. And I really didn't see the play. I was standing in the tunnel when the ball was kind of twisted foul down the left field line. And it went out of my line of vision. And I heard a weird reaction from the crowd, like a kind of disappointed reaction. And then people started shouting. I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I tapped a guy in the show. So what happened? He says, look like some fan interfered with the ball, stuck his hand out. My phone goes off, my cell phone goes off. It's the desk at the station. Say, you gotta get that guy, you gotta find him. I said, what does he look like? They gave me a general description. So I went down the left field concourse at Wrigley Field with my cameraman. And by the time we got down to the end of the concourse, uh, what had been a three to nothing game was like <laughs> eight to three. I mean, it went bad like that. It, it was instantaneous, a few minutes and they were way behind. So the crowd is getting a little angry about the Bartman situation. So I get down to the, uh, the little tunnel area where the fans would come down from that area where Bartman was sitting. and. What I didn't know at the time was they were bringing other fans out who had thrown stuff at Bartman and uh, security would grab a fan who did something like that, bring him down the steps and all the people gathered down there to see this Bartman character that nobody knew anything about at the time would start screaming at him and yelling at him and security would hustle him off to their office and this crowd was building. I mean, it was what was initially 50 or 100 people got bigger and bigger and bigger as the significance and the import of the moment grew and eventually there's like a thousand people down there and it was a lynch mob mentality it was a little bit scary it was very dark and they keep bringing these people down for throwing stuff at Bartman and everyone's screaming at them and then they hustle them. but nobody knows if that's Bartman or not because nobody really had a good look at him in the park so Finally, after 15, 20 minutes of this, they bring a guy down the steps, and this time, we're pretty sure it's Bartman, because they've got jackets over his head, a ring of burly security guys around him, and they hustle him through the crowd, up the ramp, and into the security office. And the crowd went nuts. They were screaming at him, throwing stuff at him. I mean, I heard little old ladies using words that little old ladies ought not to use. They get him inside. I always thought that if the security had just stopped in the middle of that crowd and walked away, I would have witnessed something really, really ugly. That is the right. story. And, and knowing Dane, he I witnessed something very ugly. Hey, Chuck, make sure you get right. this on camera. Right, exactly. <laughs> we getting this? Are we getting this? <laughs> so that's that's that story is amazing. And, yeah. and I can see why that uh, documentary guy who saw it so that's my guy. Yes. That Dane Blacko guy. Yes. So. All right. Do we have any more minutiae? Yeah, I got yeah. another small little story. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, as you know, Rick, I'm a big fan of the side hustle. Yes, you are. Um, you know, I've been doing it since college, remember? And actually, you did it with me. Yeah. We would we would do those psych experiments for like oh my God, 10 bucks. Yeah. Hey, hey, kid, eat this red pill. Here's five bucks. And really, <laughs> all right, that's cool. Exactly. Five bucks back then was, you know. <laughs> I did probably, I did about 20 psych oh, I, experiments. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so I remember one summer that was my living. Yeah. I mean, what was minimum wage back then? Two and a half bucks, three bucks. Well, uh, five bucks will buy you a dinner at Mr. Steak. <laughs> right. There goes Rick Kemper, the richest man in all of Champagne. Uh, but so this story actually caught my eye. Um, uh, that uh, oh I'm sorry Brigham Young University I've, I've got so much going on oh in my, my mind right, yeah. right now you're swimming 
What had happened is, is that people, the kids at Brigham Young University are trying to get coronavirus so they can get the antibodies into their blood and then sell the antibodies to, I guess, presumably, um, you know, whoever buys antibodies. You know, know, there was a guy that worked with us at at PGU. I'm not going to say his name. I'll tell you off the air later. Who uh, w- would go to the sperm bank all the time, and sell and sell it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, they wouldn't want my. Sperm. Well, I mean, they, and he made decent money, you know, really? uh, from it. And and I thought about it briefly, just for the side hustle money, uh, yeah. as you discussed. But wouldn't that be weird? I mean, yeah, that's why I, I like didn't. I didn't want it. Fifteen like, years later, you see somebody no. that looks just like you. Yeah. There's enough of a chance of that already. I don't. I don't need that anymore. So, so there you go, kids. If you're uh, looking for some extra cash, get coronavirus. So that's for real. They're getting it on purpose so they can make some money selling it. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, they're so because the antibodies that build up in the blood. Okay, you know, evidently the science thing. uh, We we've got much more science coming your way. Yeah. Uh, So uh, be sure to stick with us because we've got a whole hunk on science coming up here in just a few moments, but uh, I'm stalling because I'm looking for the right, here we go. Uh, it's time for this. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity or encountered them in some way. And last week you pulled out the name Don Rickles. Okay. You, would you like to hear my Don Rickles story? Uh, I had to look. Will we up. lose our license if we? <laughs> well, we might. This is, uh, you know, after having Larry Rebond yeah, last yeah, yeah, week, right, the, right. You know, there's nothing they can do to us, right? Uh, so uh, he was opening for Frank Sinatra. Uh, this is 1994. I had looked up the date. Okay. Um, this is the good thing about pulling a name. Was up. that? Um, the United Center opening night? It wasn't. I thought it was. Uh, in my memory banks, it was the opening night, but it was, you know, within the first Three week four. or two. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Uh, the opening night was Billy Joel. Oh. But anyway, Frank Sinatra coming to town with Don Rickles, I thought to myself, I'd love to get, and I was John Landecker's producer at that time. We were at the oldie station. I thought, I'd love to get Frank Sinatra on. But... Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Right, right. And then I found out Don Rickles was opening for him. I'm like, all right, you know, yeah. I, I, I can, I can try to finagle this. You could do worse than a Don Rickles, right? So I tried through the the venue. I don't want to get into the producer stuff, but I basically I found out what hotel he was staying at, and I called the front desk and I said, uh, Don Rickles, please. And they said, okay, and they put me through to his room. Really? Yes. Now this happens if you. Uh, we're actually working with an author right now, a sports uh, uh-huh. producer, and this is how they get all their guests. They call they call hotels, they figure out where the teams stay, and this is how they get their guests. Didn't so. you call uh, Tony La Russa in the dugout? I did. That's a story for another time. <laughs> okay. All right. Is it in the, the jar? Yes, it's okay. in the jar. But so anyway, Don Rickles answers the phone. And uh, I said, oh, uh, Mr. Rickles, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. What do you want? Yeah. I said, well, I'm calling with John Landecker's show, and uh, we'd like to get you on to uh, to be a guest. He goes, oh, my God. You mean the John Landecker? I said, yes. Click. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. 
<laughs> he hung up on me. Oh, yeah. You know how many people he, how many show hosts and producers he's said that joke to? Yeah. So Bridget and I went to that concert that night. And, you know, I'd never seen his act I, other than, you know, yeah. on the roasts with Dean Martin and stuff. Bob Hope's special or whatever. And, and, you know, it was 1994 and it was, you know, a politically correct time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, maybe not as much as now. Right, right. But still, it was politically correct. And Rickles comes out and he starts doing some of this material that was shocking. And it was it was racially shocking. Like, for instance... There was a, an usher bringing uh, people down to their seats, a, a black usher. Yeah. And uh, and Rickles says to him, hey, hey, you, usher. Yeah, why don't you smile so I can see you? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Wow. Stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. it was one thing awful. after the yeah, other. Yeah. One thing. And, uh, you know, it was it was funny, but yeah, it was uh, funny in a 1965 kind of way. Right. 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 And he became cool at the end of his life yeah. and was able to say stuff like this and people were just uh, like oh that's just the crazy it's old just uh, don rickles right. but at this time the yeah. crowd was like oh right. you know that it was the really? murmurs did not fly yeah well it didn't at least it didn't end his career like um kramer was uh who played kramer michael richards yeah. yeah yeah no he michael richards didn't quite have the uh the staying power the, the right. cachet that a yes. don rickles does all right yeah. pull out another name Oh, yeah. So next week, I'll be telling the story of... What do you got there? John Madden. John Madden. Football Football analyst. coach. Football analyst. Video game. I played, I played his video games before. All right. I got a story about John Madden that uh, you may not have ever heard before. And that's going to be oh, well. on the show next week. Uh, let's talk about our guest this coming week. On Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. So, as you know, Rick, I'm a science guy. You are. I'm a very, very, very intelligent man. Don't you think? Oh, people say that. I mean, when you... In fact, I once I... When I was in... Did I tell you the story? Probably not, because you yeah. don't know what the story is yeah. that I'm going to say. When I was in college, I took an astronomy class. Okay. And one of the questions on the astronomy class was something like, put the... Or, or what is the formula for rocket combustibility or whatever uh -huh. and they gave on the top of the the paper the four elements you know energy oil whatever blah 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 and i'm like i have no fucking idea so i'm like all right that's just gonna be e, e plus blah 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 yeah. blah 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 and then i get the paper back and i got a like a star on it or maybe a smiley face whatever right. the yeah, yeah. a gold Th gold sticker right. he said thank you for even doing it three three elements past that i was looking for <laughs> wow and i'm like i have absolutely i just made up what it was why uh, why you should have <laughs> saved this story for our guest know, this week whatever. who is phil plate and yes. phil plate is also known as the bad astronomer he's got a huge twitter follower he's a debunker he's a skeptic yeah and in we, fact uh, here's a here's a little clip of uh the interview time now for the celebrity minutia minute hey you got a minute celebrity minutia minute with rick and dave what is your favorite planet phil earth you are the first person that has not guessed uranus right, right. yeah <laughs> every comedian we've ever had on no matter there's what. always a uranus joke and and i knew that a scientist would not make one if they make a uranus joke are they really comedians <laughs> um, <laughs> oh there's the skeptic going i like that i like that i like that very much it's that whole thing thing is funny to me because 
there's there's no reason to call it Uranus. That's not how it's pronounced. It, it, the name is actually Greek, and if you if you pronounce it the way it's spelled in Greek, it would be Uranus, um, which is kind of cool. I kind of like that. It's cool, but, but it's, it's not, not as funny as Uranus. I'm sorry. Well, I guess most astronomers that you talk to now who study it pronounce it Uranus, which is better. Yeah. But in fact, if you think about it, you know, Uranus is a noun. If you're speaking about Uranus, right? Um, Uranus is an adjective. Like you walk into a bathroom and go, mm, it smells Uranus. <laughs> so it's not a whole lot better. That's good too. If you'd like to hear the entire interview, and it's excellent, Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to that, and you'll get it on your phone, and hey, it'll Rick, just be there. Rick, I think I see a white stallion <laughs> no, in your package. They are not going to celebrate for us. Uh, tell a friend about us. So listen to us on Spotify or, or Amazon uh, oh, Audible. Yeah. Uh, go to opishows.com. Wherever you find podcasts, search for Radio Misfits. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo, backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com, which is celebrating their sixth anniversary. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back again next week with our 201st episode of Minutia Men. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode of And Friends, blah, 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 blah. On this week's episode of And Friends, we celebrate Edtober! So it raises children from birth to produce podcast content. <laughs> Ed Silla, producer of podcast babes. I pray to Ed every night that he returns my son, who was left for him as an offering. <laughs> Feed him, Ed. Please be feeding him. He is but my lowly son. My debt to you. What do you need with him, Ed? Must he produce additional content? Let my child go. This one was just born. They will make a sports show for me. He's just got like a baby mill. Day one, he just pumps content into their ears. Yes, learn, my child. We will soon eclipse all. You will take over cereal. <laughs> That's the funny bell, and you should be listening to Ann Friends on Spotify or go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. You just got to search for Radio Misfits. I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm going to show you my doodle. Can you see my doodle from where no. you are? You know who else would? Walter Jacobson would doodle. And his doodle one day was close to my doodle. <laughs> He, uh, so you've seen his doodle? Sure. Uh, he's seen your doodle. He's seen my doodle more than one day. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com.